It is March 14th, 2022. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home for dark podcast. Oh no, I'm so scared. It's a new bottle. That was a nice one, Kev. Well done. Yeah, what are you drinking? Is that an old fourth ward? Atlanta United win, baby. Cracking a oh, new bottle. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I uh, uncorked my Angel's Envy and then put the lid back on without pouring myself oh, a glass. Boy. What an idiot. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Pinkman, uh, joined by Daniel James tonight. Thank you guys mm-hmm. so much for tuning in. Tim is on vacation. So, next week. Should be an exciting show. I like that we planned both weeks to have guests during each other's absences, and that didn't happen to work out. Last week, uh, Jess had a commitment that came up over with Charlotte. Uh, We're going to get her feedback, and she couldn't make it, and then we were going to have Atlanta's own uh, screaming mascot, Will Balron, on tonight, and he had a commitment that came up last minute that he had to take care of, so unfortunately, he couldn't make it, but... Excited that you and I could just record together because we got to go to the game together yesterday, which was awesome. So. Absolutely. It was great to sit next to you and hold hands, rub knees. I know. Uh, I, <laughs> it's funny you say that. It was fun to hold hands, but whenever I was leaving the game and Stacy was asking how it was <laughs> and like when they like what happened and stuff, and I just started laughing. She's like, why are you laughing? I was like, I don't know. Like, whatever they scored, Dan and I just embraced each other. <laughs> like, we won the world championship or something. <laughs> Yeah, I was it was weird because I was like with the penalty, I was so nervous. And yeah. it was like this is it's it's a regular season game. I mean, really, I just wanted to beat Charlotte and right, I was right. I didn't want to have to deal with us losing to them. And then uh well Mulraney thrashed in the winner. I mean, it was we hadn't embraced like that for a long time and it felt really good. Yeah, yeah. Um to Anthony Neitzel, Clayton Poss, Dirty Bird Person. The list goes on and on. Kendrick Brock, Stephen Perales, everybody showing up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. You see, whenever Tim's not here, you see what happens? Look at mm-hmm. all this. I know. Tim sounds you uh... you want to join you want to join this group of ruffians? Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit that bell icon to get a notification each and every time we go live. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter tonight. So however you found us, thank you so much. And then Arik Ferreira. Ferreira? I don't know. Am I the only one worried about Joseph? Arik. Um Yeah, we'll get into that. And Lama Rama. Man, so many great faces in here. Saw a lot of great faces yesterday in the stadium that i hadn't seen recently um oh the swickster rob swick got to see him um who else did i see saw joe johnstone there um saw sean mack kelly francis uh brian saw a good group of people mills was kind of off in a distance so if i got to see you 
I'm really glad I got to. And then, like I said, we got to watch the game together, Dan, which was the first time in the story six years history. Yeah, six year history for Atlanta United. Our last game that we actually saw together was an Atlanta Falcons game back whenever we were still working at the same firm, which was a decade ago now. Yeah, that was um, that was during you know we got to the uh, Eastern Conference final. Uh, yeah, before like in San Francisco beat us or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the NFL playoffs are called. I mean, I used to used to follow them and then the Falcons. I think it was like the AFC Championship or NFC Championship, rather. But yeah, I mean, I've got out of an abusive relationship with the Falcons, so. <laughs> I mean, it still hurts. I mean, speaking of abusive relationships, not to be missed, Mr. Tim Herb works, Tim Herb Woodworks in the house, in the trap himself. Is that a shake weight emoji? From the West Coast. Yes. (laughs) Glad he's in here. Bruno Cubus is in here too. Man, my reading is terrible tonight, Mateo. Um, So, yeah, let's just get into it, man. So coming in to yesterday, we expected to see some lineup changes based on both injuries, green cards, and the Miles Robinson red card. So, uh, but with that said, the only significant change was really just seeing that Ozzy Alonso healthy, just has a enlarged heart, no issues there, but the return into the starting lineup. Enlarged (laughs) heart? That is it. That's what that, he has. That's what it was. He has an enlarged. He has a larger than normal sized heart. That's all it is. It's an enlarged heart. That's what I read. Fake oh, news. Wow. But seriously, that's what I read. Okay. And he gets it checked out every year, and I guess it just came up uh, during his physical, and then he got a second opinion and stuff like that. But yeah, just uh, enlarged heart. Okay. But yes, lineup differences, everything was pretty well and consistent with the absence of Miles Robinson. And then that swapped out for Alonzo into the lineup from what we saw a week ago. Um, and that said, what a difference Alonzo really makes in that lineup, right? Man, he was, yeah, he, he is, he seems to just give everybody else a lot more confidence. Like we saw it against Kansas City. Who are a strong team, and um, we saw it again last weekend. So he's he's he'll settle the line. He'll do the dirty work. He'll uh, irritate the referee. He'll come in and protect other players. I mean, he's he he's. I feel like he's already established himself as an outfield captain. Yeah, which, he's our field it, marshal in the midfield for sure. Um, uh, I. What's crazy to me is seeing the projected, like I saw a few threads on Twitter about like projected fully healthy Atlanta United lineups and what everyone expected to see. And shockingly, several of those did not have Ozzy in that starting lineup. And I I don't know at least what we've seen through two games. Uh, Obviously he didn't play last week, but you expect to see him play at least the next several as people get those visas and get healthy and, and return to form. I don't see how you don't have him in that midfield right now with what he's being able to contribute and, and just having somebody there who's going to be there time and time again and and just be your safety net basically in the midfield. Yeah, it's it's interesting that it seems like there's a lot of like um, people are subbing out uh, Alonso for Sosa and Rosetto for Heinemann. But Alonso mm-hmm. has established himself in such a calming mm-hmm. presence in the midfield. You you almost wonder is it going to be 
Sadich that makes way for Sosa and you keep Alonzo in there. That's what I that's what I really think. And and Kendrick mentions that too in the trap, which is Ozzy and Sosa together will be awesome. And I really think that long term, uh, that's probably what we'll likely see in the midfield. And um it sucks because I I'm a big Hyman fan and Tim's probably the biggest one out of the bunch. And um, but I, I'd be hard pressed to think that he would really argue that right now, considering how this midfield's operating with Ozzy in there and knowing that what Sosa brings to that, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. with what Sosa was able to do last year with his ability to get forward and create chances and stuff like that and distribute the ball forward. I don't see how you swap that out for Hyman, who's still returning from injury, going to take a little bit of time to get to his run of form. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it it is really interesting how this mid how this team's midfield is going to evolve when we get back everybody healthy. Because the other one that people are talking about is you know swapping now Rosetto for Hyman, and then but Rosetto's I think Rosetto has has played really well. He's almost. I mean, he his numbers are close to what Nagby was doing. Um, of course, Nagby came into the team with a lot more fanfare and or, and an already established resume with winning the MLS Cup with Portland um, and getting national team call ups. But of course, Rosetto came in was a basically a complete unknown. Um, yeah. So I, that's why I think uh, he's not getting the lovers that Nagby got. Um, so he's been he's been a great guy breaking up play. I mean, he's not been. I don't think the, his attacking has been his strength, but just sort of mopping up things uh, in the midfield when he's required. So, and I think he's gotten better week over week too, man. I mean, the first week mm-hmm. he consistently found himself in space, creating opportunities. Just couldn't seem to string that together to take that next step. Last week, we saw him really getting on the front foot with that. Took a couple of shots at the top of the 18, um, distributed some really clean passes. And then this week seemed to really be firing on all cylinders with a team around him that seemed to be doing the same. And that first half, you know, arguably one of the better halves for Atlanta United we've seen in a while. I think that it was missing a little bit maybe in the final third inside of the 18. But overall, I mean, they were creating chances. They were... Um, creating chances from different players. And now I think I saw, what is it? Is it five goals from five different players right now? Is that right? Uh, man, I have to look at the stats. I'm pretty sure it's all five of Atlanta United's goals right now are from five different players, um, which is huge in a team that, and we talked to Eric Quintana about that a couple of weeks ago, Tim and I did, where this team has got to find an identity outside of just Joseph Martinez being the lone person to score goals. And whenever he's unavailable, they're sort of rudderless. So yeah. to see them creating those opportunities and capitalizing on them, uh, not just with starters, but then with people coming in off the bench, like Mulraney did to lock up the game yesterday was huge. Yeah. Yeah, so Dwyer, Arujo, Martinez, obviously from the weekend, Caleb Wiley, and Jake Mulraney. So uh, three goals off the bench, no less. Right, and uh, I think Mike Conti in um, the full-time report stated that Jake Mulraney leads the league in goals per 90 minutes, so he's played seven (laughs) minutes and got a goal. Uh, So a very Dom Dwyer-esque goal, I must say. Um, very, very excited for Jake. I mean, he's he, he's been doing what we need him to do when he comes into games. Yeah. I, I mean, 
when he first came in, I thought he's man, he is total backup. Um, thought at the beginning of last season, uh, he was just there because uh, I think was it Moreno who was injured at the start of the season, but he he was able to sub in and put um, and 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 really contribute in a valuable way by scoring goals. Uh, so really glad Jake is one of those depth pieces who's um, who we need to have success with. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I mean, it's just it's great to see because it, what I really like about Mulraney right now is his mindset. And you saw it in the postgame conference where he talked about the fact that like it's for him, he's never he's not satisfied unless he's getting that starting position. And right now his focus is on just giving Pineda a headache, basically, to yeah. force him to think about that and really consider should Mulraney be starting. And that's how he's approaching this, not I should be starting or why am I not starting or what do I need to do to start? But he knows that what he can do is play at a level that he knows he's capable of and playing to the standard that not only he, but the team expects of him to, you know, make Pineda have some tough decisions, particularly, I mean, I see for Moreno, for Dwyer, these guys that are coming in right now and, and ultimately what's going to happen whenever, Aruju and Moreno and Sosa and these guys are all healthy and ready for the first team is exactly that, that there are going to be some headaches that the front office is going to have to have in relation to who they're starting, not maybe in the starting 11, but particularly whenever I'm assuming open cups back on this year, you know, players mm -hmm. are out on international break, you start getting down the stretch and you don't want to play players a full 90 plus and you can pull them out in the 60th minute and know that you've got game changers like what happened yesterday that are going to come in and play for 25, 30 minutes and end up not just holding on to a game, but going out and winning it. Like that's huge. You know, yeah. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, granted, the first goal comes off of a PK and you and I joked where the substitutions came. It was like, oh, now everything's going to happen. We're joking at halftime about how, like, I can't wait to see Almada and Moreno come in because Atlanta is knocking on the door and they just need somebody to push it open. And they came in, and while neither of them had anything to do with the PK, it was just laughable because as soon as they came in, the dynamic kind of changed and leads to a PK. Brooks Lennon gets inside. Um, some of the distribution, ultimately Moreno, who sets up the game-winning goal off of a dime of a cross from yeah. the back line. I mean, again, those are the kinds of things that you expect to see. It may not be those same players as they transition into the starting 11, but those other players that are in the starting 11 now that transition to still remaining in the 18, you want them to come in and do that. You know, them to take that charge to come in and really take a game on and be the difference maker because at the time of the Atlanta substitutions this past week, it was nil-nil, and they come out with a 2-1 draw or a 2-1 win with those substitutions playing a huge part in that. Yeah, it's great to see. I mean, it's you're just happy that we've we've been able to uh, boker ball some decent value players out of this lot. Which is, I mean, it's just you can't you can't overestimate. We well, can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't um, think Understate. enough of 
understate, yeah, the importance of those players of in yeah. a cap league like this, uh, yeah. especially when we're trying to go out and just buy the best players where available. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the news, but uh, Miguel Almiron still tight with Joseph. Joseph with the celebration, half of the fusion dance. Uh, Miggy, Miggy, twenty twenty three confirmed. I think uh, <laughs> person's uh, point there. So, yeah, <clears throat> how crazy I, would that be, though? I mean, I, it's never going to happen. But how fucking wild would that be? Well, I don't want it to happen because my memories of Almiron in Atlanta were just the best player in the league, uh, <laughs> just ripping it up all the time. And I would hate for him to come back and potentially not be as successful. Uh, well, especially kind of because of all the, for me. especially everything that surrounded that team with the the managerial staff and everything mm-hmm. else. It, it's a completely different set of circumstances and, uh, a team around him now that while it would be great to see it, it's, it's, it's just like the, the, the thoughts about trying to get Yamil Assad back, you know, it's never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no. But he's, but, I mean, you he's... Know, never say never. Didn't, uh, wasn't that what, who was it? Nani that was at, not, was it Nani? Who was it that was at Orlando left and then came back? Was it Nani? Uh, I don't know, but who are you talking about? Some player <laughs> I thought played with, Orlando, and then they left and then came back. And I thought it was Nani that Thank you. You're thinking of, was. of Dom Dwyer. Maybe it was Dom Dwyer. Yeah, or maybe, maybe he played with Louisville or something. Or I mean, maybe I don't know. They were really happy when Dom Dwyer came Yeah, out. yeah. So, you know, what you're what you going to do with that? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I... Man, I, can we talk about uh, Charlotte for a second? I mean... Oh, yeah. After the, the, if I was a Charlotte fan, I would be, you know, I'd be kind of happy with the game. I feel like they later down the road of the uh, later in the season, they should be a fairly decent team based off the performance because I thought Atlanta United played well and I thought Charlotte played well. But after Jake Mulraney's goal in, to me as a Charlotte, if I was a Charlotte fan, I would be really. Uh, disappointed to see all the whole team just collapse on the Dude, floor. Like the they would, memes I mean, are just relentless <laughs> right now. It's the the memes with that and NYCFC's championship flag have uh, yeah. bitches all day. Yeah. But the just the the fact that they knew they were beaten at that point. It was yeah. just like even though they wasted time, pushed guys forward, their you their mentality had completely been demolished in that moment. I, if I was the manager, I'd be screaming at him at the end of the game. It's going to be really, that. really interesting to see what happens with that team in the next couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm happy for them. They got their first goal. They, they kind of break through from that standpoint. I'm glad they didn't get their first win here, but uh, mm-hmm. happy for them to finally get their first goal and get that monkey off their back. But at the same time, like three games in without a win, um, zero points still in three losses that's tough that's really tough I, I think that that locker room and the morale around that team can it's gonna start to snowball pretty quickly and it's tough man i can't imagine being in that position as a player or as a fan base but they showed up big time i mean they they filled yeah, up did. that traveling section and um they were interspersed throughout the stadium i've I hate that somebody actually saw you whenever we were leaving the stadium throwing marbles at those fans as they were leaving. But, you know, what are you going to do? 
Uh, or it was know, rocks. Like, Sorry, you were throwing rocks. <laughs> at me. That's what it was. It wasn't crack, crack rocks. Uh, <laughs> no, that wasn't me. Um, it's going to be really interesting on the 10th of April when we go up there and play the reverse yeah. fixture. I mean, they are going to be absolutely livid. Yes. Um, they will be throwing everything at us, I would imagine. Um, to, to, I mean, I could, I could very that's, well. See that's why I thing. think Aruju, even if he's healthy, we just need to wait till we get over that. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> I that wanna... that makes sense because the the game, <clears throat> the next game after the April tenth is April twenty fourth against Miami. Yeah, so I think that may be the first. That game does we make see sense. Starting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, man, it's gonna be. Yeah, it could turn into a decent rivalry. I, I, if if we'd have drawn that game, I'd have been really um, kind of bummed out. But that's what that's what you and I were talking about. Is just like I did not want to leave that game without uh-huh. somebody. It, it, obviously, I didn't want Atlanta to lose, but that game had so much in it. It was one of those that like those are the games that the the non soccer fans are like Wait, games just end in a draw. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like it just seems like such a waste to end in a draw. And that game was certainly one of those that had that game ended one, one. I think that both sides had every right to feel really disappointed with that. And so I'm glad that there was at least a win and it certainly is better that it goes Atlanta's way, but. Yeah. I was especially glad to see uh, Fuchs wasting a ton of time uh, during ex- during the 20 minutes of extra time that we had at the end it just you know he was a whole bunch of throw-ins he was just like waiting around messing around referee wasn't going to card him or anything and then yeah. we, we got him right at the right at the death that was can, can we please just take a few minutes to talk about how great kalina's been for them mm-hmm. um not just in our game which had standouts but to keep them in matches like he did with the galaxy game where they had 20, what was it? 21 shots on 21 mm-hmm. shots and eight of them on goal that he's been able to come out and make these performances week after week and keep them in it. Even when statistically they're out of it against teams that are dominating possession and 60, 70% of the game and, and multi double digit shots and shots on goal for him to come out and do what he did yesterday and, I mean, just to see the respect between him and Joseph Martinez at the end of the game too, and do the jersey swap was really great too. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta hand it to him. He he played lights out. People were worried that he didn't have MLS experience, but he's proven uh, if you're that good, you don't need MLS experience. Um, but so he was. What was I telling you yesterday? On yeah, so on transfer market, he's valued at one point eight million euros so what's that like 2.1 million dollars yeah uh by you know he is there like second ah that's not true he's in their top six most valuable players but you don't usually see a goalkeeper in there but he's uh he's been absolutely immense they if they can hold on to him for years to come like we've done with guzan i mean surely they will uh it's going to be really frustrating playing him uh, in future games. So. Yeah, he was able to pull out some stops that you just – a couple of them you go, okay, yeah, yeah, you would expect him to get lucky once or twice. Not even lucky, but just to make a good save and kind of stand on his head. You, you kind of give him the the Gutman goal that he ends up saving, which that's a separate point that I want to come back to is that second Gutman goal. I didn't get to go back and watch it. So in the trap, if you were able to see what happened on that goal that was disallowed um, – 
I'd like to hear about it. But, you know, he gets that one Goatman goal that he ends up getting a piece of. He gets a piece of two of Joseph's, one of which is point blank that Joseph mm. puts in the top of the net that he still gets a fingertip to. You know, he had save after save after save and you kind of hate it for the guy that the way he loses is off of a pk and the deflection because overall he played about as perfect a game as he possibly could and so to lose on a pk that he picked the right side and a deflection that he had covered otherwise it's it's tough yeah. man yeah that is that is really rough for him uh and it was it was frustrating that it took a deflection too, actually, because anything that was very any going anywhere any close to him, he was going to get. I mean, he almost saved that penalty. It was, you know, if he'd have jumped like I don't know an eighth of a second sooner, he would have probably pushed it wide to the post. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, man, it's gonna it's gonna really suck playing him. Yeah, uh, but it's great for our team, right? Because I think that's the one thing that. Going back and rewatching the the opportunities that were created, um, a couple of those that he ended up saving, I think that there was a man just just one more touch away that could have easily slotted at home on at least two of those opportunities. The uh, Gutman chance he had Joseph inside once he had drawn both of those defenders with a wide wide open shot on goal. The mm-hmm. the the angle that he had was so acute it was going to have to be perfect to to get that to slot in anyway if he had just dropped that back to joseph and then the flip side is also true uh where joseph took one uh low that he was trying to go opposite post and he had gutman slotting in underneath that he could have just laid it off to pretty easily so i think that if atlanta can start to figure out those things and and get a little bit sharper and more creative inside of the box um it's going to be interesting to see man one thing i will say as far as creativity the set piece play from Atlanta United yesterday, some of the most creative I think I've seen in a while where it wasn't <laughs> yeah. just your run of the meal, run of the mill. We're going to sit up, take our corner kick, take our free kick, and just we're going to have Barco or Moreno just rip it at goal, or we're going to have Lennon try to curl it in from the side. Um, they did a lot of a lot of window dressing on a lot of those set plays yesterday, or set pieces yesterday that um, – was a welcome sight for me to see. Uh, even if yeah. they didn't necessarily fall in the back of the net, they were creating chances that we wouldn't have seen otherwise had they just gone more direct with it. Yeah, it w- I think one that really sticks out to me was, I mean, we've seen we've seen Atlanta United uh, play regular traditional corners into the middle of the box. We've seen them play short. But in this one where they played it short and then just passed it right out, to, I think it was Rosetto who was standing uh, halfway between the the uh, semicircle and the center line, <laughs> uh, the top of the box and the center line, and it was we hadn't seen that before, to my knowledge of of Atlanta United games, and it just caused all the Charlotte players to run out because then in in uh, next plays when we had corners, they were trying to shut down the front uh, the guy who was trying to play it back into the box as fast as they could, um, and it just created opportunities and gaps to potentially put a ball in over but um credit to Rosetto he had got on a few of those and was able to get the ball to the keeper to Kalina through a whole bunch of bodies even though it wasn't traveling very fast and and props to Tyler Wolf too man another kid that's gotten some play time um not always in the best position or with the best playmaking uh ability at when given the chance but 
that said, he also had several where he was really, really close on. I think there was two shots that he had, one of which was a, a volley that he managed to keep on frame, keep it low, took a deflection ultimately, and, and went out of play. And then another that he just happened to fall down at the top of the 18 that glanced wide left. But overall, I feel like he's been he's certainly benefited from this whole lineup rotation that we've had recently where I don't think that he would have – I mean – he certainly may have gotten a substitution opportunity, but he wouldn't be getting 60, 70 minutes of playtime. You know, no. it would have been one of those 10 minutes at most at the end. And I don't think he's, I mean, he, so situation, um, he's, he's 19 and he's not supplanting anyone by any means. Um, but he's, I guess he's doing as good enough for where we expect him to be right yeah. now. Um, I haven't, seen anything special out of him really uh, he seems to have well i guess he, he seems to have a good um work rate when he uh, manages to to get on the ball it's just it's just maturing like i think he yeah. could be a really good uh backup winger uh as he gets older but i'd be well, surprised I think he's still trying to still think he's still trying to find his role too you know we saw mm-hmm. that whenever he came out he started over on left wing as the game wore on, he and Lennon kind of transitioned to where he was over on the right. Lennon was over on the left. Um, so we just we've seen him a lot of back and forth, and I just don't think he's really found that link up play or that next pass or or that chemistry with anyone in particular or any positional uh, situation that he's been asked to play. Uh, I think he's just he's been asked to go out there and and be a contributing part of the lineup, which he certainly has been, and he hasn't been a detriment to the team. But like you said, it's not like he's come out and just played lights out the entire time. But I could say the same thing for, you know, the brief stint that Almeida had yesterday, you know, but the difference being the expectations, right? Like you expect Almeida to come in and be a big difference maker and do so quickly. And and this, again, it's not to say that Almeida had a bad showing yesterday, but it's not like he came in and it was like, Aruju in his first game. Holy shit. Like he stepped on the pitch. He's like, <laughs> oh my God, what is happening right now? Like, where did this guy come from? Um, Almeida came in, he was serviceable, but again, he's had one week with the team. I'm not expecting a whole hell of a lot out of him yet. But that narrative will quickly change in the next five, six, seven, eight weeks if that continues. But yeah, still very early on. It was good to at least see him in the lineup and see him get some minutes this week. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to i mean he's 20 um arujo for for my reference is 25 so there's there's a lot of room to grow there and i think uh it's exciting like i love seeing these these well i guess there's so much potential there like you want to see that i mean we're looking for diamonds right i mean through a whole bunch of coal so to find i I mean i feel like almoran well he came in and was already kind of established but to really see someone really flourish, kind of like I mean, Gressel and Robinson are the are the ones that are so coming even to LGP mind right now. and Remedi, yeah, um, or Escobar, yeah. So it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Hey, sorry, Gustavo uh, wanted to say hello, greetings to me. Uh, thanks, Gustavo. Uh, there's no need to call. Yeah, we've had a couple other people that have jumped in here. I want to make sure I give credit where credit's due uh, as people have jumped in here. Uh, Brian Brian Reynolds has jumped in. 
uh, Gustavo, who you mentioned. Um, who else did we get in here recently? I saw some, a couple other faces that jumped in a little late. So again, oh, Bruno. Uh, no, I said Bruno Cubas earlier. So again, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Um, couple points uh, kind of goes hand in hand in, in thinking about that back line for Atlanta right now. And, and as things start to change on the defensive side of the ball is uh, Miles Robinson's coming in and, and what's been going on. Um, so we've had a string of comments about the back line, including uh, Landon Schultz's comment about thinking that Franco was the player who struggled the most yesterday, had a great mirror match Franco versus Franco, which was great to see, but um Interested to hear your thoughts, not only about that, but about Gutman, who Jay Hennebaugh mentions uh, he would probably be his MVP so far in the season. And then uh, Anthony Neitzel saying that Hernandez struggled the most for him yesterday. So what are some of your thoughts on the back line and defensive outing yesterday for uh, Atlanta? Uh, yeah, I guess there was some boneheaded just brain farts from, from Franco early in the game. Uh, he got – I mean, he played himself into trouble, then he kind of played himself out of trouble and then back in and then kind of out again. But I I hope that I I loved I thought Alan Franco last year, he struggled in the first half of the season. You know, walks was just I know we out. almost ended a friendship because of it. I mean, it was it was I said that close. he was going to start no matter what, because he was the DP. He came mm-hmm. in, had some terrible showings whenever walks was lighting it up, and yeah. then to your point by the end of it was really coming into his own. Right. And he did, he was fantastic. He, him and miles, we were all praising him. Um, and he's played what two games. I'm, I'm hoping that it's just like his, a mental thing that he just needs to get back into the, the regular rhythm of, of playing games. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful it's two games. Um, I've, I have seen Alan Franco uh, play very, very well, and I'm hoping to see that again. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say what you will about his, yeah, say what you will about his play yesterday, but showed a hell of a lot of heart at the end, Mm -hmm. just taking shot after shot and kept getting back up. Um, You know, if if Guzan's not going to be somebody to punch out our defenders. Uh, we'll just let them fend for themselves out with the wolves and and get chipped away at for the last 15 minutes of a match. And Alan Franco took every bit of that yesterday. I think he ended up getting a, he's already got a hand injury, ended up getting that sort of re-aggravated, and then he ended up getting a knock in the back of the head from what I could tell as well. So um, it'd be interesting to see if he, especially with Miles being back uh, this week, be interested to see if he's actually going to get a rest this week um, because of Mm -hmm. those nagging injuries. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. He hasn't really had uh, huge standout performances the past couple of weeks. Um, And then with the injuries as well, I wouldn't be surprised to see him just kind of take a breather and take a week or two to kind of get back in. And maybe he comes in for the last 10 or 15 minutes. But um, I think that he's one that I would expect to see maybe transition out for some of that depth that Atlanta has got right now, especially with the struggles that he's had on the field, uh, both with health and performance. So um, Hernandez though, I felt like he was pretty consistent again, a, a little bit like Tyler Wolf. He's not been, 
a huge standout, but he's not been a huge liability for me. And he had a couple of plays with those overlapping runs like we were talking about on set pieces and up at the top of the box where he just came out of nowhere, made some great plays. He had a couple of great stops and great possessional awareness and, and playmaking on the back line as well. And again, you're not asking him to go out there and be your George Campbell or your Miles Robinson or even your Escobar, what he was on uh, as your right back. But um I think he's been serviceable at least. Yeah, I thought he was decent. I I like having what I what I like about him is he's he's like physically built. Like he's he's got a it looks like he's got more upper body muscle than than a Brooks Lennon, which I kind of like having. Uh, it makes me makes me feel more secure. What can I say? Uh, my he was all right. I'm just looking at the ratings. He was our lowest rated defender at 6.5 on sofa score. Um, I'm not. I'm not terribly surprised. I'm. I'm more yeah. surprised that what was Franco? What did Franco? Well, doing? that's yeah. Too much. So across the back line, we've got Alan Franco at 6.9, Campbell at 6.7, and Gutman at 6.9. And we both thought Gutman had a good game. Oh yeah. But it was like it was it was towards the end of the first half, and they were getting a, a whole bunch of chances. I think they got like four shots on goal during that that little spell and it was just we were talking about during the game they just needed it felt like they just didn't weren't marking the attackers tight enough Um, and they just weren't it didn't seem like they were totally switched on thank god we didn't give up a goal uh, before what a great time, save! But... You know, we talked as much as we talked about the Charlotte save. What a great heads-up save! I mean, granted, you you kind of argue that the header wasn't as great as it maybe looked at from the stands uh, that Charlotte puts in, but the other heads-up play from Guzan to let that other that first attempt that he just he's on the ground and has to just reach up to glance that one away. That yeah. I think uh, Campbell ends up getting that backwards kick to to clear out, but. Uh, great heads up save from him and to keep Atlanta in. Cause that could have easily been uh, Charlotte's first goal right there. So to see him at least make that play was huge. Yeah. I think them going into the second half with a, with a one nil lead, it would have been, it, it would not have been a good thing because they came out again in the second half. Like they'd built up some belief, like they could, yeah. they could go and score a goal and they came out, as soon as we kicked off the first half, they were on it. They were trying to press as much as they can, um, which I, which I respect. I mean, they they want to go for it. Uh, thankfully, they weren't able to get too much out of it. Well, I think that's where you see some of the inexperience from like Hernandez and stuff like that. Is that while Atlanta's on the front foot, like they were in the first half, you're not asking him to hold, do a whole lot defensively, and then whenever. Charlotte or another team really starts pressing and challenging him repeatedly um, without those people there to back him up, whether it be Miles Robinson or George Campbell or whoever, some of that veteran leadership there to be that next line of defense. Those guys are going to get exposed. We saw that with George Bellow. As much as I love Bellow, mm-hmm. we saw him get exposed with his age and inexperience relatively frequently. You know, that that's going to happen. Um, he, he's certainly a little bit better and got a lot more time and reps under him to fall back on. And, and we saw him make standout plays time and time again. And I think that's going to come with Hernandez. You've got time for that to happen, um, but it's not there yet. Yeah. I mean, may, he probably should just just spent more time in the twos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a good 
I feel like even if we had a draw, I would I would like to think I'm still positive in terms of the season and how we how we how I see us progressing on you know on a bell curve. Um, it's going to be I, I'm can't wait to see this team with like eight games behind them. Well, I think it's good. It's a, it's a really good. I was a little bit frustrated last week talking to Tim about the fact that I feel like Atlanta's been in this cycle of like, just wait, just wait until yeah. all of our mm-hmm. DPs are yeah. healthy. Just wait until Pineda's got, you know, some players that he wants in the lineup. Just wait until He's had a whole off season. Like, it's just, I feel like we're just, we're constantly in this run of form. But now, you know, last week was, last week was tough. That result was really, really tough. Um, mm-hmm. And again, like now you've got two out of three with, with pretty solid performances and you still don't have your starting lineup in there. To your point, I think that the trajectory in this bell curve for the team right now is such that they're, we're not at the ceiling by any stretch, but we're also not at the floor and we're not playing with, you know, I mean, we're playing with our backups or our, you know, last week we're playing with our, uh, fourth option at center defensive mid and still pretty much hanging in there. That result last mm-hmm. week, I think just got away from the team ultimately, but overall, I think at least from a performative standpoint, especially on the chance creation offensively, I feel like there's, there's a lot more to come and, and they're still doing really well. And defensively it's there. It's just going to take time. Like you said, eight, 10, 12 games into the season. I'm really interested to see where this team is, particularly if everyone's healthy and got yeah. their visas sorted out. Yeah. I think I, I don't think that, um, well, I think the, the, the cyclical nature of us, like waiting, just wait till this happens. Just wait till this happens. I feel like that is actually a, a genuine excuse just because We've had so much turnover at uh, head coach. We've had COVID, the pandemic. Uh, we've had Pitti Martinez. You know, we've had a whole ton of stuff that's, that's somewhere been happening. somehow. Parcero just so, lost that. Yeah. So I, although I think some people would say that's a little bit of a cop out, I I feel like that it's legitimate that yes, there there have been things and there have been things that haven't worked out. Um, so, I don't. Know. I I still think it's it's a it's a legitimate thing. Like I'm, I'm interested for it to all come together. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, so Jay Hannibal, this is a Portsmouth jersey. This is where I went to school, and this is Anton Walks' name on the back. Way. Wow, that's sweet. Yeah, um, kind of all came together, and I had to get it. So as much creativity as we saw on the set pieces, offensively speaking, set pieces continue to plague Atlanta's defense. And I think that's something that if there was one thing that I'd want to call out that really needs to be fixed, it's Atlanta's ability to defend set pieces. And I don't know what that answer is. Um, We've got bigger guys now that are on that back line with Miles and Campbell. And um, it's not like it's, new news that Atlanta mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see how many goals conceded Atlanta's had over the past say three years by set pieces versus their total goals allowed. Um, because I would think that that margin is pretty high 
compared to other teams around the league. Um, and again, mm. that's just pure speculation, but it it does seem like every other game Atlanta's given up a set piece goal for, to somebody for something stupid. Yeah, I mean, Brittany is uh, the genius that is her. Don't give away. <laughs> Step pieces and it's Brittany S for like assistant manager. Brittany uh, S in, hashtag Brittany in. Am I right? Brittany. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Valentino out. Come on. Yes. He had yes. his time. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Agreed. So Longshore was talking. Was it so well? I think it was one of the podcasts he was on, one of the, the ten thousand he does. Um he was saying that we don't we we look for ball playing players who play with the ball at their feet as a priority. We don't necessarily sign players just for their aerial ability, which, you know, usually happens in a, in a set piece. Um, and, and my, when he was saying that, well, my, my thought was, you know, well, we have Campbell, we have Franco, we have miles who, and Brad is, you know, he's six foot 50 inches. Um, so we do have some height and we have muscle on the line. Hence my fascination with Hernandez's upper body. Um, so I feel like we should be better at it, but I would, I agree with Longshaw when he's talking about, we want to have guys ultimately that, that play with the ball at their feet, who tend to be smaller, who tend to be a little skinnier, uh, who are probably going to be weaker at set pieces. But uh, it, it is frustrating things <clears throat> to, to see, you know, it's usually, you know, we'll get through a whole game towards the end and they score on a set piece. That That is yeah. very frustrating. Yeah. No, I agree completely. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, if they can get the rest of that defense, what is that? Oh, I just made myself a little Manhattan here. Wow. You just had that sitting over there ready to go, huh? Yeah, I didn't plan it or anything. Just came together. It's really fancy. Oh, I'm a fancy guy. Fancy guy. Really, really fancy. Mm-hmm. Wow. What'd you put in it? It's just Sprite and Pappy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, I got some uh, Woodford Reserve Rye mm. and the uh, what, uh, was it Patrick on our Slack that um, suggested yeah. the Templeton? Agnosto Angostura? Campari. Angost- yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> And then I just put some uh, bitters in it. It's pretty good. I got you. Wait, you put Campari in there? It's not Campari. It's I said it wrong. It's like a it's a sweet vermouth. Okay, I was about to say, what are you making? <laughs> this is not a Manhattan Dan. <laughs> no, it's not Manhattan. Yeah, Campari, just a little bit of what? Jay Hannibal goes to raspberry Europe raspberry. once. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. That's really, that's really great. Yeah, that 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 is that's the comment that's of awesome. the night. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh man! Wow, everybody loving the kit, Dan. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to pin it, pin it as a response, as a Portsmouth. Was it Portsmouth with the uh, walks? Yeah. It's it's awesome. I mean, especially as I went to school there, and I don't know if people are familiar. Like, when I came over here and saw that universities over here like have deals with Adidas and Nike, and I was like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" Because yeah. nobody watches uh, um, university sports at home. If if you're playing sports at university, 
especially football, you've you've not you're not going to make it. Um, <laughs> so it's usually just like amateur hour, but and plus all the the uh, the hoodies and stuff. The merch sucks most of the time. So as they finally sponsored Portsmouth, uh, I had to put one together and put Walks' name on the back, even though he actually never played in this kit. But there you go. Whatever. It works. It works. Mm. It works. It works. Looks good on you, Dan. It looks good Thank on you. you. I appreciate it. Um, so what else from last night? Um, so offensively, I feel like the team certainly clicking and firing on all cylinders across the board. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. very little negative to say aside from just wanting to see sort of that last push, but I think it's going to come. And some of that just has to do with, with the players getting to play with each other consistently and training together consistently. And um, sometimes, you know, I saw some criticism about them getting a little too fancy uh, up at the top of the 18, rather than just taking a shot on goal. But Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, they're winning and they're consistently linking up play. I'd rather have that develop into something that creates some chemistry that there's just some, again, just awareness and familiarity of the rest of the roster around those playmakers that those things are going to develop and, and be refined over the coming weeks and months. I, I don't see any major cause for concern with those players or how they're playing right now. Yeah, uh, totally different note. Shout out to the security team. In oh, oh, yes, in I forgot about that. Yes. So even though Charlotte gets they got their first goal, whatever. Um the the supporter section, which was just like this little square of blue, and I think all I can probably red. find it on this graphic here. Can I? Uh, and uh, as soon as they I scored, make... they popped a popped a smoke bomb. And oh, wait, then, no, that's uh, not what I wanted. I was trying to see... find it like over in the corner back there, but I can't find it as I swap these out. I'm making myself nauseous. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> now I've swapped sides. I'm all I'm all over the place. <laughs> um, but you could see clearly from where we were sitting on the other side of the stadium, the orange security guys' shirts just like enclosing right on the smoke <laughs> where the smoke yeah. was coming in, ripping that person out and ejecting them. I mean, what a stupid move. Uh, uh, if you're gonna do it, them. man, you're only gonna get to do that once, right? Like, it, I it, mean, really, you are. That's true. It's not like they're gonna. What are they gonna go to Mercedes Benz jail? <laughs> they're locked locked inside of a cell with two dollar hot dog bars i mean they'll figure it out uh yeah you're only going to get to celebrate the first goal in club history once and so hats off to them i mean it wasn't like they were being obnoxious or, or doing anything um negative to other fans or being physical or anything like that by all reports and things that i saw it seemed like they were really friendly and and had a great time and i think that most of the fan base here showed them a good time as well so hats off to them pop and smoke whatever it is what it is um but yeah the the orange security just swarmed that immediately followed was pretty great to see yeah uh, yeah, he's then, locked up with Kanye down in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hats off to the the staff at MBS anyway. That's just so that you know, saying goodbye. Hope you have a great time. You know, they're just so yeah. positive, and it makes a huge difference. Absolutely, um, absolutely. In customer service. But I heard that uh, I didn't see any of this, but I heard that Charlotte fans were throwing some stuff down at Atlanta United fans, but then I also heard Atlanta United fans were throwing stuff down at the Charlotte fans. So 
Oh, I didn't geez. see any of that, but of course, you know, you're going to get that yeah, sort of sure. ridiculousness, but it's still yeah. don't do it. All right. Well, we've got 10 minutes left in the show, so you know what that means. Get ready, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Ow. If you're in the front row, get your tarps out. Um, here comes the mallet. You know, it's like a Gallagher show here. It's, uh, it's that time for the Dan load. So sit down, put your bibs on. Pull up a seat at the table. What have you been watching? <laughs> um, yes. So Montreal got thrashed 4-1 by New York City FC. However, um, so Montreal uh, got through the first round of, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Champions League. They beat out... Oh, I can't remember who they beat out, but they beat them. And then they lost 1-0 to Cruz Azul in uh, Estadio Azteca. So they played the second leg in uh, Stade Saputo, of course. So they rested a whole bunch of people um, during the uh, during the NYCFC game, and they got hammered. Uh, and they're going to be throwing everything that they've got at Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul on Wednesday. So you've got to think that they're going to be absolutely wiped when they come to a uh, Mercedes-Benz on Saturday. So hopefully we're going to see, well, if they get through, they're probably going to rest some guys, uh, but they may just want to rest them anyway, just for minutes of guys been playing in a short period of time. But, you know, the Victor Wanyama, I think he's played every minute that they've played. We've still got Jordi Mihailovic. He's still played. But then you've got... Um, Oh, this is against Cruises all. What the heck am I talking about? Uh, well, Wanyama still played against New York City. and uh... Oh, did Mihailovic? This is good. This is really good. A live, oh, uh, terrible. A disappointing Dan Lowe. Terrible. Oh, yeah, I know, really? <laughs> uh, everybody waiting on bated breath. Come on, yeah, keep I mean, it going. Wanyama played, and then they basically sat most of their starting 11 just so they could play... Um, rest the guys so they can play cruises all during the week and you would imagine that they're probably going to rest them again against atlanta so hopefully with more people coming back um now that um sosa has got his uh visa and i think ibarra's got his visa but he's working on his injury um getting guys fitter to come back you would want to see another home game you would want to see a big blowout score line which probably means it'll be like another two nil two on win something like that against a question stubborn... for you do you think that almeida gets the start going in this week so um he came on he came on with moreno i think that was the 56 65th or 56 that's what it was. 56 so and pineda before the charlotte game said he's fit he had like uh, a one training session, like an individual training session. And now he's going to have had a week practice with the team uh, with all with all the paperwork behind him. And so he can solely focus on getting on the same page with the rest of the guys. So I could very easily see Almada starting in place of Wolf. Um, hopefully Moreno. 
So uh, I did. Scott, I don't know Scott. if you saw anything about Pineda's response to that with Moreno um, in the post game press conference about how basically the reason why he's not starting right now is he's just still not there. And yeah. as far as his um, conditioning and everything else, he missed uh, quite a few weeks there with the injury that he had. And so what he wants to do is make sure that whenever he's playing, he's able to give that intensity for the entire time he's in there. And right now it's not for 70, you know, 60 plus minutes. Let's say, I think that's what he said. He's like, you know, yeah, I, I don't think he's there to put him in for the first 60 or 70 minutes with that intensity. However, I feel really comfortable with him coming in for 35 minutes and playing with that intensity whenever the game has started to take a little bit of a lull and really make a difference, which he did, man. I mean, we kind of glossed over it, but he, he, he single-handedly sets up that, uh, that ability for Mulraney to take that shot on goal at the end of the game with absolutely nominal, beautiful cross. switch. I mean, that was, yeah, it was gorgeous. It was pinpoint. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm that I'm fine with that. I'm fine for him to sub in again. Um, because I feel confident in Rosetto with Alonzo uh, in there. And and um, it'd be interesting to see if Sosa start, because he didn't play. Um, maybe yeah. you start Sadich again and sub in Sosa. So the interesting um, thing with Sosa is it's it's not – it's not his conditioning. It's not his, um, it's not his physical ability because it's just been a visa. So that yeah. will be interesting to see what happens is if that's cleared up, which way is Pineda really leaning? Because I think he's going to make that decision now, regardless of if he's played yet or not in well, a match. Well, the thing with Sosa, he had uh, off season uh, sports hernia surgery. So I didn't realize com- that. Yeah. He is coming back that. from that. And he was in Argentina while uh, his green card was being completed. Um, so he is coming back from that. I was really glad to see him in the 18. Um, I thought he might have been. But with the intensity of that game, I understand why Pineda didn't right. sub Sosa on. Because um, he could have done. He, had, he We only made those three subs. But I would imagine that he, if Montreal goes the way that we're thinking that it's going to be, um, I mean, you don't want to say a cakewalk. I mean, how much hubris, how much more hubris can Atlanta United fan base have? But you would hope that everything's pointing towards an easier game than Charlotte gave us. Mm -hmm. So if it is that, and you're up three nil, you know, in the 75th minute, then you, you bring in Sosa and look, Atlanta doesn't need to, Atlanta doesn't need to be going out and scoring every, every goal, every game, you know, there's going to be some draws. There's going to be, you know, I think whenever we were talking, especially with this Arujo situation and everything, it's like, if he's out for the first six games of the season, let's, let's go, you know, let's, let's at least try to go 500 in that. We don't have to win every single game. We just need to be out there competing, win the ones that you can win. Um, Certainly seems like on tape that, Montreal is one of those just situationally with them coming on the road back-to-back games and and they'll probably be a little winded especially with it being the start of the season. You know, I think that those those 
sort of trips maybe take a little bit more of a toll as players are getting back into match fit and having to play full 90 with that intensity in tough environments on the road um, with it being an international travel week. So I think that it sets up for a a great matchup, certainly. Um, But even if it's a draw, you know, it's still points. Atlanta's fifth right now. We just got to keep the ship afloat keep moving forward, keep progressing. Um, and then we start seeing some of these other people start to transition in, but I think it certainly sets itself up for a win this weekend. Like you said, yeah. uh, Elliot Beaven in the trap saying, hoping for extra time for Montreal. Absolutely. I hope they go 120 minutes and, uh, yeah. have to end on penalties in sudden death after like 10. <laughs> so, really, you know, and then their flight gets canceled, you know, Oh, that'd be great. like a really, mess them that would up, be the right? best that would be the best <laughs> that would be the best um oh i meant to i meant to shout out at the beginning of the episode i can't believe i forgot to do this um shout out to everybody that is subscribed to us already on youtube we we had asked for it the past couple of weeks we had been sitting at the threshold knocking on the door of 500 subscribers and we hit that benchmark this past week so to those of you that pushed us up to the limit of 500 subscribers, thank you so much for doing so. Hopefully you guys are here tonight with us. If not, um, I mean, keep telling people about it. I mean, this, this has been great. We say it every week that you guys that tune in live and, and listen in, in the trap and, and engage, you guys make this show what it is. And you're every part of uh, every bit of part of this show as the people on the mics are because you kind of drive the way this thing goes every week. So it's a, it's a huge milestone and um, we're really thankful for all you guys that do this every week with us. So yeah, Nathan explosion in the trap, Montreal beat Santos Laguna before they played because it's all it's, it's a community. It takes a village man to get all this stuff together. So we really appreciate it. So how many subscribers do we have? We are right at 500. So my work email account worked then to get us. <laughs> so did the other two that I made up. I think, uh, I think, I think Tim made one for Florence. Um, yeah, it's uh, nice. We're legit. Nice. Still the, still the best Orlando city podcast. To Absolutely. See Absolutely. I mean, that's the goal, right? I mean, that's exactly. the goal. Exactly. Um, so yeah, thank you guys so much for doing that. It's been great. Um, we got some, we got some fun stuff planned for this season. Uh, I mean, for starters, I got to thank Tim as well. Got me an HD, uh, got a new webcam here. So I'm not taking video out of a coffee can, Dan, we got to get you upgraded too, so that we can see you in full HD. Uh, well, if you send me the link, uh, I'll get that sorted. Yeah, I'm just using my laptop one. But I don't know. I can see all like the pores on your face. And stuff. I know. Well, that's why I had to put this beanie on. The glare is just blinding. Oh, God. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got, I guess I've got these two. I told like, you, man. Like, Dragon yeah. Con is just a couple months away. I think I'm going to do the uh, Gootman cosplay this year. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do at Dragon Con this year. I'm just going to just shave the rest of it, trim up the goatee, get my Gootman kit. Show up to Dragon Con, start signing autographs. You know, uh, have they started selling tickets for Dragon Con? Um, yeah, I think so. Nice. I got to get my kids uh, signed up for that. As we were talking about the game, got to get the oldest one into some Warhammer. Yeah, uh, man. So I got to get. Um, yeah, and I've wanted to go to Dragon. I, I can't believe I haven't 
being there. It's a blast. That and Heroes Con in Charlotte, if you can get to that one, that's a really fun one. It's it's a lot less uh, crazy than Dragon Con and really more focused on the comic book community. But we like to try to do that because you can do it in a day. Uh, go to Charlotte and yeah. do that. I think it's June 24th and 25th this year. Um, so, yeah, that's a fun one. But then Dragon Con's obviously uh, Labor Day weekend. So, right. So, yeah. Um, anything else for this week? Um, I, uh, do you, are you worried about Joseph? Am I worried about in what way? Um, so we had a comment earlier in the trap that we, is anybody else worried or is the person who was commenting the only one who's worried about Joseph? Um, so I was circling back to include everybody. I don't know if I'm wor- worried in what way, like physically or from his performance standpoint. Oh, score predictions. How did I fucking forget that? See, again, this is why you guys tune in every week. Keep me on track whenever Tim's not here. Um, hmm. Score predictions. Uh, worried about Joseph? I'm not. I don't know why somebody would be worried about Joseph. I think he's playing a completely different role as evidenced by the fact that we've had five goal- goals scored by five different players in three games. I think that it's different and that's a good thing. If it's working and Atlanta's producing results, I'm fine with it. I'm not worried about Joseph at all. Me too. Um, score predictions. Uh, Jay Hannibal, 2-0 Atlanta. What say you, Dan? Um, I'm going to go 3-0. Wow. Who you got scoring? Um. I'll go uh, Martinez. I'll go. I'll say Martinez gets. Then Martinez gets one. And then Rosetto gets one. And then someone like, I don't know, Alan Franco heads one in. All right. One of those new faces in the trap, Bryant Martinez. Welcome. Thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah. Hey, Brian. Uh, glad to be here on the channel. Bryant. Glad to see coverage on the game. Liking the Charlotte FC performance so far. Ben Bender is one to look out for. Completely agree yeah. there. Yep. Um, Elliot Beaven, 2-1 Atlanta. CM, 3-1. Respect, Jordy. Uh, Matt Wisniewski, 3-0. Uh, Mateo, 2-1 Atlanta. Oh, another piece of news as we're reading these. Atlanta does get a new piece of hardware. With the EMLS trophy win that happened yesterday. Yeah, Paul Nettone. I mean, yeah. And he's been like knocking on the door for the past oh, I know it. two seasons, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really glad to see him get that uh, under his belt. They should have, I think they they need to have like a special e, uh, EMLS Atlanta United jersey for him. I mean, that's no mean. Yeah. Thing. I mean, that's. that's I'm sure mean. that they do. Um, Dirty Bird Person 4 1 Atlanta. Montreal will either be exhausted or heavily rotated. Amen. I, I, Dirty I think that's Bird a safe person. Cut. Yep. Uh, Richard Gordon 3 0 Atlanta. I will say, what did you say, Dan? 3 0? I said 3 0, yeah. I'll say 2 1 Atlanta. Um, uh, saw a couple others say that as well. Elliot Beaven, uh, Mateo. Uh, I think somebody else said that as well. So, um, yeah, I like the 2 1 call. I'm not completely sold on Atlanta's defense to get that clean sheet right now. And I do mm-hmm. think that the uh, fatigue will show its face either in rotation or just in 
straight physical uh, fatigue coming into the matchup. And with it being at home, I like Atlanta scoring multiple goals in that one and, and locking it up in another 2-1 result. So, All right. Um, if that's it, next week I will not be here, but Tim and Dan will be at the helm. And hopefully we'll finally get a guest in here for one of these shows. Um, we've got a lineup of people that we will rotate in here eventually if we can't get them in next week. We do have people on retainer, so to speak, that – we look forward to uh, circling up with uh, as as things come back around. So we will definitely get Jess in here to talk uh, the next leg whenever we play Charlotte in just a couple of weeks. Uh, will Bowron, be sure to go check him out. He's got a book coming out, Vigilant. I think he's doing the book cover reveal tomorrow at 9 a.m. I'm pretty sure it's just a picture of him screaming in black and white, <laughs> but you'll have to be sure to find him on Twitter to find out what it really is. Um, but, yeah. Thanks to all you guys who tune in with us each and every week. Uh, you want to hang out with us after the show. You can always find us all on Twitter collectively at home before dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. You can find us individually as well. You can find Tim at his name. That's Tim Herb on Instagram. Be sure to go do that. Follow all his woodworking and national park shenanigans. Dan, where can they find you? You can find me at DNJMS or you can come ride a little bike with me uh, on Peloton to the Power of Down uh, and you could be my 12th follower. Wow. We got to get you to 500, my man. We got to get you to 500. <laughs> that's not happening. We got to get you to 500. Uh, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, but um, yeah. Find me as well at the architect. That's at the underscore ARC number one T E C T. Thank you guys so much again. I, I can't I can't thank you enough. Each and every week, uh, you you surprise us in new in new ways. And um, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, here, YouTube, live in the trap, uh, again, you guys make this show what it is. And I can't say that enough. So thank you so much for tuning in with us. However you found us, be sure to like, subscribe, tell a friend, and as always, be home before dark. Carolina Panthers. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's been a while since we've done that one. It's yeah. uh, it's a fitting end. Yeah. Trap. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.